Hey guys, what's going on? It is uh, Greg and Scott today. Hey. Zach's not with us. Well, you, you gotta say more than that. You can say it. <laughs> Zach was with us just a minute ago. He has uh, his dad and his brother are in town, and he's like um, telling us about how they're leaving this afternoon and all this stuff. And like, what are you doing here? Yeah. So we left. <clears throat> we value family. Yeah. Apparently. Well, not apparently. Apparently. Well, I feel like I've worked places that say they value family, but... As long as it doesn't conflict with your... As long as it doesn't take any time. Yeah. As long as you still get do all your work stuff, but... I mean, it is... I mean, sure, there is work stuff, but if you have opportunity to do it later, do it later. Yeah. Or do it earlier, whatever. But So we're trying to encourage... That's what we want, not just us. It's something we value in our communities that people spend time with their family. And and when there is a, a window of opportunity to do something with your family, you should take it. Yeah. I would say one of the worst things that modern church, maybe not one of the worst, but a worst thing, that a bad thing that the church has done in the last hundred years is make people feel guilty for missing things. Well, not, well, there's... That's one of many things that we're yeah. good at making people feel guilty about. Sure. And I just, uh, it's often the story of people, oh, I start, they see me and the first thing they have to do, they feel like they have to do is apologize for not being there last Sunday. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And I know, so we're in Minnesota and it's summer and people spend a lot of time away in the summer in Minnesota, which is fine. And then in the winter, it's kind of, it can be hard to get out. And so the, the thing that we want to encourage people to do is connect deeply with community, connect deeply with your family, but don't be ruled by guilt and obligation. Uh, there are many moments when you're unable to come to stuff. That's great. But it's very different than a moment when like, I, I don't know, you just, um, oh, I was supposed to be there. I was going to do this like this morning. <laughs> what happened this morning? Uh, this morning at 7, Greg gave me a phone call. And this was a moment of where I guess I should feel guilt. Because Greg, <laughs> he calls me at 7 and I'm sitting there and I go, hmm, wonder why Greg's calling me at 7. And uh, Greg goes, are you, were you supposed to open the coffee shop or are you opening? I said, were you planning on opening <laughs> the coffee shop today? Uh, so I have been opening the North Loop coffee shop every Friday. And uh, except this Friday, I, I mean, I looked at my calendar I'm like, wow, what am I going to do right away? If I don't have anything until noon. I wonder why I didn't have anything until noon. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, there's, so there's moments of just dropping the ball, but, uh, don't, don't err on, it's like, it's not a razor's edge. There are moments when you should do things with family. You should take advantage of season and, uh, there are moments when to, to dive in and be involved deeply and to sacrifice some things to be involved. And uh, we haven't figured out how to do that exactly or how to encourage people to do that exactly. But uh, it's it's important. I, the Minnesota, like, if you venture into the pastoral background, some some weird things are said about summer Yeah, in Minnesota. I hate it. No one comes to church in the summer and... 
and uh, what can we do to get people to go to church in the summer? And, and uh, while that's noble and pure, it also is uh, perpetuating a guilt-shame culture. Yeah, it's a lot healthier to take a more holistic, for lack of a better term, view of people. Yeah. Like, there are things you should you should miss church for, and there's things that you just probably shouldn't. And uh, those aren't always the same day to day. That's that's a good way to put it. But. We've got <clears throat> speaking of feeling guilty about doing stuff. No, <laughs> <laughs> we got some stuff coming up. Yeah, a bunch of different things happening in our in our community. We've been doing summer connection events. Last night, um, about thirty of us went down to watch the fireworks. That's so cool. It was a lot of fun. All uh, three communities represented there. Yeah, little kids to. Adults to new people to people that have been around for a long time, and we walked, did that fifteen minute walk down there together, watched it, and walked back. And we've got a, a handful of these things coming up as well uh, on this coming Friday, the twelfth of July. We're doing a uh, roasting marshmallows, roasting starburst thing on my roof, and uh, just a fun way to connect with each other. Very that's a summer moment. So that's on Friday evening. We're doing a, um, Andrew Abercrombie's leading a build something con- connection event. This is a wood craft. Like craft doesn't sound very wood project. That sounds better. Because it's, I don't know, I'm genderizing the word craft. I think craft is good. Sure. He's a craftsman. He's. Oh, that's, that's better. Uh, then we've got. That a- one, I will say that one requires registration and there's a small fee just for. Materials. wood and materials and stuff so he needs to know sooner than later if, if you plan to go yep pack and play uh just a lunch snack hanging out together after services on sunday or before service actually on sunday that's coming up on the august 4th so that's downtown you don't have to be definitely you don't have to be from downtown to come and hang out at the park uh, on that sunday and then lastly we've got a marriage q a coming up in the end of well, middle of August. So that'll be fun getting our people in our community that have been married 20 plus years to uh, answer questions. And last night at the fireworks, I had a couple handful of single people say, uh, who can come to that? And it's everybody. And then it was so much fun because uh, that group of single, it was happened to be ladies were like, oh man, I've got questions. <laughs> <laughs> and so it'll be fun. It'll be kind of a... Uh, um, a moment of lighthearted but focused conversation about marriage and family and, and some Q&A with these older couples. And we'll eat together and uh, some snacks together and, and have that. So that's that's coming up in August. And then we also have our next United service in August. <clears throat> We're doing baptisms. We're grilling at the lake. Um, baptisms are an outward expression of what's going on inside of you. Yeah. And uh, with something that we want to be able to celebrate as a community is is those decisions made, those relationships formed. Um, yeah, I think the first step is just let's get coffee. So if you are interested in getting baptized or even you're like, what the heck is this thing? Yep. What's the deal with the water? I don't like water. I don't know how to <laughs> swim. Whatever it is, uh, let's grab coffee and talk about baptism and if it's something that it's something that you want to do yeah if you ask if internally you ask the question am i supposed to get baptized that's that should be the cue to hang out with us with greg or zach or myself and uh um because that's a great question 
should I do this? And then from that, uh, we'll, we'll talk it out and, and go from there. Scott just found a bug. Yeah, it's summer. Yeah. <laughs> Country boy Scott. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, fall retreats coming up. It's still my favorite thing we get to do every year. Just uh, It's amazing having an extended time together as a community. Um, just It's not about the event. It's not about the speakers. It's not about any of that. It's literally all about time together. And yeah. uh, so we try to try to f- structure everything around that. There is limited space, so please get your registrations in as soon as possible. You can do that on our website. August 30th is the registration, pre-registration deadline. So that'll be here before we know. Yeah, prices go up after that. So if you plan on going, you might as well get a discount while you can. Yep. Uh, I think that's all the events we got coming up. Yep, we're continuing our conversation about being a friend with Jesus and like Jesus. And uh, today we go into sacrifice. We'll jump into that in a minute. series that we started three weeks ago so we talked about kindness listening praying for each other praying for so this is which one are you doing the best at uh you know i've been actually really deeply challenged in all of them Uh, me too my kindness thing the thing that just i've said recurrent like every week just brought it up is that being kind to people is not the absence of unkindness and so that's been my just rings in my head <clears throat> as opposed to just a moment of walking away or ignoring or uh, kind of being oblivious. Uh, I didn't say anything mean as not, as not being kind. Kind is intentionality. Listening, um, I think it's something that I've worked on uh, hard for a long time is listening deeply. Uh, it's part of it is the coach training I've had, but I think a lot of it is just it's been a <clears throat> lifelong pursuit of listening deeply into people, asking questions, understanding who they are, what they're what they're going through, and uh, I think the challenge for me has been uh, is that me doing that is not does not require it be to be reciprocated. Listening deeply doesn't require that somebody else listens deeply to me, and then the praying for. <clears throat> uh, I think the thing that is resounding in me is again is are there there are people in my life that uh, um, I may be the person that prays for them the most and uh, um, so that should encourage me to have others pray for other people but also just I think there's urgency in that yeah I will say like the I think I was telling you and Zach before Zach left that I had. In my life, I had a moment where I had to, I could either choose to not be kind and it would have been justified or be mm-hmm. kind. And uh, I chose what was not normal for me. <laughs> and that was to be uh, kind. And, uh, and it turned out better. Yeah. I don't, I, I think it's totally God just like showing me. <laughs> like, I think it's just one of these things like God's like, see. You don't always have to be a jerk back when people are a jerk to you. Yeah. You don't always have to fight for 
yourself or yeah. these things. You, you know, usually God likes to illustrate things in many levels, and so maybe he'll illustrate the opposite to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was unkind, and boy, that went poorly. Yeah, maybe. I think that's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so story's true. playing out in my life. <laughs> Plenty. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's, like, it's just so interesting to... I don't know. I feel like this series, uh, I feel like I'm just doing them for myself. Yeah. To a lot, to a lot of degrees. Hey, we're going to start off this week by talking about the parables that Jesus shares in Luke 15. And I think one of the things that really resounds in me in this, this is where Jesus shares about a person who celebrates the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son. And, uh, I think when we talk about these types of principles, things that we should do or work on, it's easy to couple that together with guilt. Just wanted to remind you how much you're failing. Yeah. And the the heart of Jesus is found in these parables. He's hanging out with people that were uh, sinners, tax collectors, not, not what we would call or they would call good people. Yeah. And uh, Jesus is just, he shares these three parables to share deeply about his passion for people that are imperfect. And uh, we should really quickly go, oh, yes, that's other people. But yes, that's that's me. <laughs> and if we share, if this is a, it's not my, it is my responsibility, but it's also, it's all of our responsibilities. When we hear things that we're challenged to do or to be better at, um, I can quickly go to the, I'm failing, I'm still failing, I'm the worst, and uh, like spiral down from that. But that's not the goal. Jesus, he's he's saying, remember the parable. He's passionate about you, and uh, he welcomes every step of growth in you, which yeah. is really cool. It's so easy to be identified by the shame we feel in things. To yeah. Oh, I didn't live up to that, or I'm not as good as that, or I can't do that. <laughs> And it's all these shame-based things, and it's so powerful and hard to both continually remember how does God actually view us? Does he, is he viewing yeah. us in the midst of those things, or is he viewing us in that we have inherent worth ourselves? And I think there's there must be moments where it adds value. But if you ask somebody, what name two things that you really blew it, times you really blew it in the last week or two, like those things are probably easier to recall than a time or two that you've really, really nailed it. And so like shame is always at hand. Feeling like a failure is always at hand. And uh, man, we can be ruled by that. And that's not, that's not the purpose. Yeah. So today <clears throat> we're ta- moving on and talking about uh, what does it be to be a friend with Jesus as Jesus is somebody who... Uh, sacrifices for us so both the mega macro picture of on the cross but also these stories that we'll be walking through on Sunday and then what is it like to uh, be like Jesus in in the way we sacrifice for others yeah when we think about sacrifice we talked about collectively about a bunch of the different questions that come to the surface you know does relationship require sacrifice uh, I I think people try to do relationship without sacrifice. I know that <laughs> I have tried. I don't know if it works. It very doesn't. Well. Uh, and then, does the motive of sacrifice matter? Um, that's another one that. Um, yeah, 
I think is complicated by uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, quotes a proverb in chapter 25, which says, if your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this is like heaping burning coals on their head. I'm like, I don't know if that's a great motive. <laughs> you know what I want? I want them to burn. I want to be nice and they burn. Yeah. And, and so, like, and I would say, Sack, you know, giving food or something to drink or whatever that is to somebody that is an enemy of yours, that's sacrifice. That's by definition. But to do it with the motive of making them feel bad. <laughs> yeah, it maybe is not sacrifice anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And does sacrifice require an external action? Uh, these... Uh, again, sacrifice, is it always something that somebody else can observe sometimes? Or is it something that can happen internally? I don't know. So these <laughs> these questions, I'll just you know, throw them out there again. Does relationship require sacrifice? Does the motive matter? And uh, does it have to be external? Really uh, builds the complexity when we ask the question, what reasons do people have for being selfless or sacrificing for someone outside of themselves. Yeah. This is one of those corner conversations that uh, I don't think ends up with people walking away going, oh, I know what I have to do now. It was perfect. Yeah. The outcome should be people, we hope that people will continually to wrestle with this stuff. So the, the boilerplate version of sacrifice or the sacrifice should be the same for everybody sometimes how we communicate it uh somebody might say all right it's summer it's been raining a lot and there's probably somebody who your neighbor needs their lawn mowed you should go mow their lawn and uh listen everybody in the church mow your neighbor's lawn and i or you would say well, I live in a building that doesn't have any grass. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Our association. We don't, I don't own a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, that's kind of an elementary illustration. But when we say just like blanket statements, this is what sacrifice is. I think uh, it's like looking at somebody who's 90 years old and is almost completely homebound and saying, this is what everybody needs to do. Mm-hmm. And the same way on the other side, somebody who's in their 20s is hearing the command of the for the 90-year-old, you need to spend hours a day praying, writing notes, all these things. And like sometimes we just, the blanket statement really misses uh, what each of us are called to sacrifice. Well, that's like the blanket statements in... In marriage, or usually, uh, can miss the miss the mark. Often, I don't know. Anytime anything does having to do with relationship, it's much more complicated and nuanced than mm-hmm. than a blanket statement. And so, part of this is, you know, in your relationship with God, I th- I think He speaks. I believe He speaks to us, and He helps us understand what sacrifices we're supposed to be making for our community and our neighbors and our coworkers and our family. Yeah, and when we go to the other extreme, I think we're left with guilt and shame and misguidedness. And so uh, wrestle deeply with what motivates you to sacrifice. And if it is guilt or shame from somebody else, uh, you might be doing sacrifices that are missing the mark anyway. Maybe the motive does matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, interesting. I I just just think... uh... 
Yeah, I just, uh, I think I just love erring on the side of trusting people and trusting God that yeah. God will speak to people and that people will listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they don't, that's their thing. But I can't, we can't tell you how to sacrifice for your neighbor. Yeah. Or uh, I think opening the doorway for pure reason. If if we communicate really well and it would nudge somebody to be sacrificial, that may not be great. If we communicate really poorly, so people would evaluate, why would I be sacrifice, sacrificing to myself for others? Like, that's incredible. So we're going to aim to be terrible <laughs> uh, yeah. or something. But this this conversation is not complicated at all. Yeah, right. Then I guess the a question, we're going to ask a couple questions surrounding this is that um, what does what does Jesus sacrifice when you see him being sacrificial of himself? What does that say about him? And then we're going to ask the question too, if you look at your own sacrifice for others, what does that say about you? And I'll say that they, these two questions, if you remove the word sacrifice and you're trying to figure out how you're supposed to read the Bible, this is, these are my favorite questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Read a section and say, what does that say about who God is? And what does it say about who I am? Like, yeah. it's such a powerful way to read the Bible. And so uh, <clears throat> putting sacrifice into these two questions, I think, is is really helping us move down this pathway of learning to how to be sacrificial for others, how to be more sacrificial. So what is Jesus' selfless sacrifice? What does it say about him? And we'll be looking at multiple places in Scripture where we see Jesus' sacrifice. Well, I think... We don't have to dive into the stories we're going to share. I mean, we can, but like, it's a recurring theme that Jesus was sacrificing his brand in the eyes of the religious authorities. Yeah, he was sacrificing uh, his being respectable by healing people on the Sabbath. He was respect or sacrificing his time as he was overwhelmed with busyness or even of grief. We see in the story of after John the Baptist is, is killed. He, he sacrifices just getting away to feeding the teaching healing and then feeding the 5,000 people that interrupted him. I do think that's the, probably one of the weirdest miracles Jesus does. Yeah. Cause like usually it feels like Jesus had, to some degree had this plan. Like even though he makes people are usually, I don't know, I guess not. Now I think about it, there's lots of moments of these interruptions. Yeah. Jesus along his day. But it's just, it's so weird that Jesus was grieving. He left and his compassion was so overwhelming that he changed his mind. Mm. Yeah. His, his plan, guys, let's get out of here was totally blown up. And you can have a moment and you go, come, God, if you're really God, wouldn't you have gotten away perfectly? (laughs) (laughs) But I think that uh, when you have a perfect, this is a great illustrator, when you have a perfect plan and uh, opportunity to be selfless, to be sacrificial, opens up. We got to evaluate that, feel that. And really, I think the thing that it's going to come circling back to is really what does this say about Jesus is that uh, his motive for sacrifice was his deep passion for people. Yeah. I think like on the surface level, when I first read this and I ask that question, I go, oh, I can't inconvenience God. Hmm. Like it's easy to think 
God has bigger issues to deal with than my problems or what's going on in my world. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm just like, well, I'll pray about that when <laughs> when things get a little less hectic in the world or whatever. Yeah. But uh, Jesus doesn't care. Yeah, we... I've heard it many times, and I do I feel it in myself, too, is that uh, this isn't that big of a deal. I can figure this out. I can tough it out. And um, probably, if Jesus didn't feed these 5,000 people... Uh, they weren't going to starve. They weren't going to die. Yeah. They weren't going to die. But it mattered. <laughs> and so when we just... Uh, uh, not a just not just a moment on this Sunday, but a continual moment is as you see Jesus sacrifice in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just asking that question: What does this say about him? And uh, what does this say about his love for people? What does this say about his uh, perspective of uh, his use of time? Uh, what other people thought of him, and uh, which should nudge us in how. We see sacrifice, and I think it's really quite intense <laughs> to self-evaluate. Uh, you know, what what do my sacrifices, my selfless sacrifice moments, what do they say about me? And uh, um, if you have a moment, you go, oh, yeah, man, there was this time in 2004 that I really selflessly <laughs> gave of myself. Uh, what does that say about me? What does that say when it's been a long time? Or if I would say, I can't think of any times where I've been selfless. Now, it may be that you're just oblivious and don't think about it. Or it may mean you're not doing anything selfless. <laughs> Maybe. I think you could even think of it on a, and you can remove the word sacrifice and just think of where are times I've invested extra. Hmm. Like, maybe it's... You really need money right now, so you're working extra. Hmm. Or maybe, maybe something's going on in your family. Someone's sick, and you invest. You're investing extra into those relationships, or you're investing extra into being present. This could be good or bad, but like those things will identify your values and what you care about and what you hmm. what you sacrifice for shows. What you what your heart what your heart really longs for? Yeah, a recurring theme in this series has been that intentionality of moving from adjective to narrative. If you say about yourself or about others, I was I was selfless. I went gave extra. I was sacrificial when I was feeling you know hopeful, and I was uh, alive with. Passion and like I don't adjectives mean so little, but when you can bring it to a narrative, and that's that's a part of the gospels, the story of Jesus, is that it could just be a moment where God just said, Jesus is this, Jesus is this, Jesus is this, but instead he just encapsulated it in story. And we should be challenged in our own story, not to just say, Hey, I'm a I'm I'm a pretty nice guy. Yeah. But rather, what's what does your narrative say? Yeah. And we can, so we can look at this and see, you know, where our hearts really lie. But the secret about it also is we can change it. Like, yeah. And the hard part is I think most of the time sacrifice comes before the heart change. Yeah. You can have an idea. I want to value this. But until you sacrifice it for it. It's the worst. You're not there yet. 
Yeah. It's, it is the moment when Jesus got out of the boat and saw the thousands of people there, like tears in his eyes because he's mourning the loss of his family member, John. And, uh, okay, it's obligation. Yeah. Talk about what was the motive behind it. It's like, oh, these people came a long way, and they're pretty desperate. And I think the disciples for sure, and probably Jesus went, well, this this kind of stinks. <laughs> but, but they still sacrificed. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, the, the disciples displayed it when they were going, Jesus, send these people away. Yeah. They're, we don't have any food for them. It would cost so much money. Yeah. And uh, Jesus, he turns it back up. When you sacrifice for them, you feed them. <laughs> Maybe the best sacrifices don't always feel good in the moment. Uh, like, no, we don't. We shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the... Yeah, because yeah, like, we love... And I'm not... I don't want to defame missions trips, but like, you know, I raised a bunch of money by sending out some letters and people gave me money. And I went on this trip and we did some work, but man, it was so much fun. And we, we helped so many people and it was just, the place was beautiful. And even though they had nothing, they were so happy, like, like the missions trip testimony. Yeah. And, uh, what if, what if the real moment is when you go, well, that was terrible. That did not go how we had hoped. And uh, I think we're supposed to do it again. Yeah. Blech. It's kind of ringing true just in our own experience. Greg and I, uh, we just hosted a, a group of church planters here in Minnesota. And it was a little bit in my head. is like, let's bring a group of people together that have urban church planting passions. We're just going to let the magic happen. I just really want to get out of the way. And uh, some happened. Something happened. Well, some magic happened. <laughs> some magic. Yeah, it just it wasn't a moment for me. I would just say that, well, that wasn't really fun. No, it required a lot. It required a lot. And uh, sacrifice. Yeah. And it was, yeah. It, if it's worth it, it may not necessarily feel like that was really neat. Yeah. I think there is a, this is an interesting conversation because I feel like there's... Uh, I was listening to a book. He was talking about the difference between happiness and pleasure hmm. and how uh, they are very different things, but they feel very similar. That's yeah. And so like, I think sacrificing for something that's important is something that can bring happiness, hmm. but it may not feel, you may not, it may not feel pleasurable. Uh but often I think we're taught to, especially my generation and younger, I think we're, we've been so taught to, we should do what feels right yeah. or feels good. And so we end up, rather than seeking true happiness, we seek pleasure in those things. Yeah. And I'm like on the other friends. That's a whole other messy like, conversation. Yeah. For me, like, which is not necessarily a good thing either. It's like, it, I mean, I, I didn't want to enjoy things but it's not a requisite for me (laughs) that's why you did this alone for 10 years (laughs) yeah an interesting thing that will bridge in in the end of this is that uh, um, it's important to realize that you can have no connection to God and truly sacrifice for others Uh, in fact there are many people throughout human history and in our own histories that have 
sacrificed probably endlessly for us and for people that we love that have no connection to Christianity or to God. And in a moment when you say, you have to know Jesus in order to be sacrificial for another, uh, one, we're defaming other people, which is dumb. And two, we're really missing uh, the, the potential of others. I would almost say that we are, we're defaming others, yes, but I think we're also defaming God to some degree because uh, I don't know if no connection to God is the right way to word it. Hmm. Maybe no connection to the Christian idea of who God is. Because hmm. um, there are people that do good in the world and they attribute it to something Yeah, that they can't put in words. I would define that thing as the Christian God, Jesus. Yeah. But uh, maybe not always. And I think, I also do think there's a universal revelation of God in people's lives. Hmm. Like, I do think he uses us in the church to teach people about the importance of community and the importance of relationship with Jesus. But I also think God's big enough to do that too. And I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is usually like the good that people are doing because they're motivated by something they don't know what they're motivated by. Yeah. They're motivated to do good. Yep. And uh, there's something honorable about that. There really is. And that's going to lead us to our final conversation is how does Jesus' sacrifice for us or for humanity affect how you sacrifice for others? And uh, I think that a hope... I think Jesus' hope in his prayer for us, we looked at a little bit last week, as he says that, that we would be we would have unity, that we would have love and passion for each other, and that in that, that uh, it would point to the reality of Jesus being the Messiah. Um, I think that when we know Jesus more clearly, it helps us to love people better. Yeah. And uh, it should nudge us. At least that's my story. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Yeah, it's again. This could be this whole series could be repetitive moments of going. Hey, I want to remind you that you're failing. <laughs> you should try harder. It's not hopefully, the goal. Hopefully, you'll get there. It's not the goal at all. It's to understand that life and this process of life is a continual thing of refining. And uh, remember the parable. Uh, Jesus is passionate about us in our failing. Mm-hmm. That picture of the prodigal son when he decided to come home going, well, I can be, I'm kind of worthless. I'm going to come back and be my dad's lowest servant. And the dad meets him, is looking at the horizon and sees him coming. Uh, That's not a guilt-giving moment. That's a moment of celebration. And so I'm I'm excited about this. This is going to be a good conversation. (laughs) It'll be messy. Yeah. And uh, we like the mess. Yeah. If you're in Minneapolis this Sunday, we'd love for you to join us. You're always invited to join the conversation um, in Camden, North Loop, and Uptown at uh, at Corner Coffee. So Corner Coffee's closed. Corner Church will be meeting in there. And uh, we'd love for you to join us. Um, if you're not in the Minneapolis area and you'd love to connect some other way, we'd love to connect with you. Send us a message. Shoot us an email. Do something. Um, we really believe in in the church, and uh, we're trying to figure out how to do it better in the city, and uh, we need help. So maybe you can help us, maybe we can help you. Um, 
Anyways, guys, we are done for the day. Yeah. That's it. Happy 5th of July. 5th of July. No, well, there will be fireworks in my neighborhood tonight. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys later.